Gotham City, like any other large metropolis, abounds in girls of all shapes and sizes. Debutantes, nurses, stenographers, and librarians. Gotham City Library, Miss Gordon speaking. Lopez hair removal, this is Jose. Holy transformation. One minute, plain Barbara Gordon, librarian and Commissioner Gordon's daughter. And the next minute, something new has been added. Batgirl, modeled after her idol, Batman. Holy apparition! No, boy wonder, I'm Batgirl. You are no longer alone, Cape Crusader. It took me three years to track down the Jade Gato, and three more to figure out how to steal it. Funny, it only took me ten minutes to figure out how to snatch it back. No matter how you do it, crime doesn't pay girls. I'm your host, Stella, and this is Backroll to Oracle, the Barbara Gordon Podcast, episode 49 for December MMXII. This is part one of a two-part roundtable discussion. Backroll to Oracle is brought to you by MileHighComics.com, your new and collectible comic book store. Mile High Comics has an inventory of over 5 million comics from the gold, silver, bronze, and modern age, and over 100,000 trade paperbacks. If you're not into the vintage stock, Mile High Comics also has a subscription service called the New Issue Comics Express, offering a discounted price for comics ready to hit the shelves. Examples of the prices you may encounter are February's Backroll number 16 and Birds of Prey number 16, both for $2.69. So if you're looking for vintage back issues or a great modern subscription service, be sure to check out Mile High Comics. Well, we've always heard if you build it, they will come. And certainly the same thing I think can be said about Batgirl. And a short time ago, I brought up the the thought that it would be great to get a discussion going about the current Batgirl run and what an amazing turnout, I think, answered this call. And while we've had Hurricane Sandy, uh, we've rescheduled several times, but we are finally here. Uh, So first up from DarkNightNews.com, we have Christina Collins. Yeah. And she is pro, I will say that. So she's pro Batgirl. We have from the MarySue.com, Jill the Nerdy Bird Pantazi. Hello. She is also pro. 
And finally, we have a contributor on the Batman Universe dot now. We have Ed Grouse. That's it. And he is also pro. So if you can count on your fingers, I'm basically the only con here, but I think that that is completely fine. So you'll probably know some of these people, but in case you don't, I just thought we could go around and, you know, brief introductions. What's your experience with Babs? What's the first story that you read? How long have you been reading her stories? And then... In your own words, how would you describe the character Barbara Gordon? So, Christina, we will start with you. Well, um, one thing I like to say is that um, I've been uh, not really been keeping up with Babs uh, so much, but I did read uh, Into Batgirl Year One, and you know um, that was an interesting read for me because it kind of like showed a different way of. Uh, Batgirl uh, becoming part of the Bat family, you know, she really was more into the Black Canary than Batman. Um, uh, so um, what I think about the character is that, you know, she's the go-to girl. She's the intel chick who, you know, everyone could just go to and just say, hey, can you find this out for me? And she's like, yeah, I'll find it for you and, you know, help you uh, fight it. So, you know, she's, um, when I was growing up, seeing that if there was a, a girl who was in the Bat family just made me squeal because it was like, you know, I had no other... Uh, person to, to look towards uh, as a child but robins when she came onto the scene in uh batman animated series i was like oh this is awesome great and you know um i dressed up as her you know during uh, halloween parties and uh, made a little back back girl costume you know but um yeah you know the character herself you know i I like her, you know, I wish that, you know, nowadays she's a little bit more up to date, but, uh, you know, you just can't break the original. You got to love for what, it, for who she is. And, you know, that's about it. Yeah. Jill, how about you? Uh, I, I guess the, the first experience I had with Barbara was from the, uh, old 1960s, uh, Batman television show. Um, cause I didn't get until comics until later in life. So that was my first, uh, introduction to Barbara, um, and it just, she's, she's someone that has always stuck with me, I think, on, on the most simplest terms, because she's a redhead, and so am I, so that's mm -hmm. something that's few and far between, usually, uh, in pop culture, so I, I usually hone on to those, those characters, uh, but it turns out that, that, you know, Barbara was awesome, so it was a good one to pick, and, uh, she's, she's just one of the, um, most intelligent characters in the DC universe, She's a leader. She's an amazing friend um, and has just one of the best personalities, I think, because, uh, you know, she's she's not your your run of the mill hero. She has a very um, different background than than everyone else. She didn't really get into uh, super heroics because of some tragedy in her life. You know, she kind of did it to tell everyone else that she could do it. <laughs> and yeah. I like that about her. Yeah. And finally, the token male, Ed. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I got in the same experience. Uh, my first experience with Barbara was from the 60s television show. And the first comic book I actually read with Barbara in was The Killing Joke, which Ooh. wasn't really the, the best introduction to her as, as Batgirl, per se. Uh, but, you know, from the time I read her, she always kind of reminded me of Tim Drake before they was Tim Drake. She was always the smart one out of the bat family but the smart the smartest one of the group and she always seemed to be a little more modern when it comes to the technology and the, the use of the computers as her oracle persona and so i really gravitated towards her just because of her her tech side so that's that's my simple version yeah 
Uh, and some of you may know, my first story was Batgirl Year One. Uh, I was just interested. I'm like, oh, what is this? And I just fell in love with the character right from the start. And whenever I describe her, um, you know, in Marvel, they say that Spider-Man, Peter Parker, sort of the, the relatable character. And just when I was reading Batgirl Year One, I could really relate to her because I'm short and sort of people, they they don't think that I can do a lot of things and then I prove them wrong and She's just, I don't know, intelligent, definitely, and she's an enduring character. I think that years later, we're always going to be reminded of Barbara Gordon, and I just totally respect the character, so, yep. Um, okay, so let's actually get into the actual discussion now. So we've got this new Batgirl run going on, and so I just want to get a feel for how you felt about certain things that go on in it so first and foremost I think the origin that we saw in Batgirl number zero and if you've read Batgirl year one you know it's slightly is a slight departure from that so what do you think about this this new origin and her history as was given in that issue well I I I really enjoyed Batgirl number zero and I know there's some changes in the origin but I didn't find that they were so dramatic that it was a radical departure from the character I knew. Um, they weren't as dramatic as definitely some of the other new 52 ones, but I think that they kept the spirit of the character essentially the same with, with just some tweaks in it. So I, I kind of enjoy, I really enjoyed the origin. Yeah, I can agree with Ed. You know, the origin to me um, was probably, I would say, a great shift in Batgirl, in the new 52's Batgirl. And, you know, you get to see her trying to be all you know, helping her father out and you get to relate to the character on, you know, such a personal level and how she became, you know, a Batgirl generally, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, she didn't have the cow, but, you know, the essence of being Batgirl, you know, it came out in this issue and, um, you know, it maybe might've been a little bit rushed, but, you know, it's issue zero, but I liked it for the general reasons, you know, how she came to and, you know, how it all ended for her, you know, after, you know, partially the killing joke towards the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. Um, I actually thought it was, it was a very cute version of, of the origin, just of how <laughs> the entire thing went down. Um, her putting on uh, the, the suit that they had in the, the Gotham, you know, headquarters was just adorable. And the fact that she was able to, you know, do what she did and then the, the little sort of, you know, wink from Batman, I just, I, I, liked, I liked it. Now, what did you think about sort of how they explained why she became Batgirl? Because it seemed like it wasn't really explained and, and at the end my impression was, you know, she just became Batgirl because she could. Do you agree with that or did you sort of see something else coming out of this of why she decided to fight crime as Batgirl? I felt that it was kind of more of an obsession at first. You know, she was collecting. No, actually, that was her father. Let me, let me track back on that one. I think it was because of her father, right? Yeah. And it, yeah, it was more about her father. You know, it, it was just a fascination when she first saw the bat suit. And, um, you know, when she was really somehow keeping up with Batman, she's like, oh, there's someone else like me. And, you know, I think she just wanted to feel belonged. You know, she wanted to belong. So, I mean, as most girls want to feel, you know, if they can't, she wasn't part of any uh, girly cliques or anything like that. Um, she just wanted to belong to something that, you know, made her feel comfortable. Her smarts, her endurance, her uh, her fighting skills, her intelligence. She wanted to, she, you know, she said, you know, like, oh, he's just like me. He's just like me. And, you know, um, even I'm not sure what age she was at the time. I guess she was probably 
borderlining become turning 18 years old. Um, they're not very specific about that. I think it was just a fascination, basically. Yeah, yeah, and I, I agree. I, I saw it as a, a kind of when she kind of has that realization moment when she sees the suit in the GCPD and when she's like, hey, you know, I'm smart. This guy's just smart. He's got gadgets. I can do this. So it's like it's like her fascination becomes reality. She starts to realize that this doesn't have to be something she can just dream about. This is something she can actually do, and I, I like that part of it. Yeah, I, I think it was almost her, you know, finding her calling because they show all the things that she had been doing so far in her life, you know, besides just school and ballet and karate. And I think considering how intelligent the character is, I think she was probably one of those people which is like, well, the the world is basically open to me, but what the hell am I going to do, you know? And this was something that sort of shocked her into that, oh, I could do this. Batgirl Year One, I I really love that story because I think at the heart of it, it's really about this father-daughter relationship between Jim and Babs, and it's one of my favorite relationships in comics. And when Batgirl Number Zero opens up, I really thought it was going to be similar because, you know, she's putting the newspaper clippings on the wall and saying that she has a hero for her father. But then they sort of, well, I guess Simone sort of drops that, and it's more Babs with James Jr. and then Babs on her own. Do you think that, does it lose something there for you, or does it just make up for that heart in, in other areas of the story? Well, well, I think that the, the best thing about any Barbara Gordon book, period, which is the reason why I'd really like to see her as Batgirl again, and not, nothing wrong with Stephanie or Cassandra or anything else, is I think the best part of the Batgirl stories is what you hit on, is the relationship between Commissioner Gordon and his daughter. It, it's a completely different relationship than with Batman or with anybody else, and I think that father-daughter relationship is the thing I've always enjoyed most about the character and is why I really liked having her back in the book as the primary character. So I love I love that part of it. I think that's the best part of the books for me is their relationship. You know, uh, I have a, a good relationship with my father and, you know, not to say that, you know, I kind of saw myself in Barbara Gordon, but, you know, seeing that solidified because a lot of, I guess, growing up, girls would say, like, you shouldn't have a great relationship with your father, you should have a great relationship with your mother. And, you know, um, seeing that, you know, with between her and, and her father, it's always been great. But, you know, I, even though I'm a pro, I didn't see that too much in issue zero. It's like she right. loves her father. She idealizes him. She kind of uses him to actually get into seeing about Batman, you know. And I truthfully, you know, just for this issue, I don't see it. But in the other issues, it's like she has very limited contact with him. You know, she talks about him. She loves him. I think as Batgirl fans, we're supposed to know that. But for those who are like new readers, I don't think they really see that, you know, in this in this comic book as well as, you know, in this issue. I don't know if anyone agrees with that. Yeah, I, 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 I see your point. I, I think that, you know, the comments I said about the relationship is, is based on the fact that I think that that's so ingrained in us. And I think you're, you're very right in what you said, which something I never thought of is we always know that they have this great relationship because we know the rest of the story. But I can, I can definitely see your point that if you just picked up these books and didn't have any quote-unquote backstory that you may not see it quite like that. Yeah, I could definitely see that, sure. Yeah, so that's just, that's just me. <laughs> Yeah, I think Simone right now seems to be building more the relationship between Babs and her mother, and then Babs and Alicia. Of course, she pushes Alicia away um, by issue 13, but uh, I think maybe she's going down a different path to try something new. But I do wonder what new readers think about um, the Babs and Jim relationship. They have no ties. No. <laughs> yeah. Who, Who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, since we're, yeah, talking a little bit about these minor characters, let's go into that. I, I sort of highlight different minor characters. Uh, the Commish, Jim Gordon, Bab Sr., Alicia, Detective McKenna, and James Gordon Jr. And you can pick one of them. You can sort of hop on all of them if you like. But just what your thoughts are, um, if you view them positively or negatively. Well, I'll, I'll go first. You know, Bab Sr. is, you know, I'm not totally sure what to think about that. I, I think that a lot of what, and now it sounds like I'm being negative, but I, I am a pro of the book. She's a deadbeat mom. <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's like yeah. she's a deadbeat mom. It, it's kind of a twist on what we think of a normal relationship where you would have a deadbeat dad a lot of times, you know. So yeah. I think there's a little turnabout there. But, you know, when she comes back, it, it seems to me, and, and I might be totally wrong here, but I think it would have been more interesting if, we'd explored the relationship with, with Commissioner Gordon, Jim, as opposed to this relationship with the mom who came back from out of nowhere and saved her for later. Uh, but that, to me, that's the one part of the book that I'm kind of wish that Bab Sr. had just not shown up. But that's the one thing <laughs> I dislike about the book. So yeah. I'm probably a bad person to ask about her. <laughs> no, 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 you're not. Because uh, the thing about Bab Sr., I have no clue um, how in the world she kind of fits in because it's like, you know, it's like that female figure. It's like, well, mom, you weren't here. You baby brownies. I'm going to eat them. But, you know, I still don't like you. I, I, you no, know, it's true. And it's I like, know. <laughs> you know, it's like, um, even though I have a close relationship with my father, I wouldn't do that to my mom. But, you know, but, um, Barbara has her own feelings. But, you know, I think, and I'm going generally, none of these characters I have any, like, really grounded feelings about it's like they're not explored so much mm -hmm. in each issue like they're kind of like i hear you know i exist and i go away i come back i don't <laughs> you know yeah. i think most of these characters are just used as elements and the one person i want to see the most is james jr like he's this guy i'm like oh i have to because i kind of feel and i think she verified this in a few interviews that she's using james jr like how michael was to laurie in halloween you know, it's just that mm -hmm. brother, except he's younger, that brother who just, you know, he's the evil part of you and you got to fight him and all this other stuff. And, you know, they're all elements to make, to grow, to kind of make uh, Barbara's character grow in some way. Now, I don't know how much growth she's developed with Alicia, but it's like very little because I have no clue what's her point in existing in this comic book and much. Yeah. Yeah. This is, I think that it's very much, I mean, obviously it's, the book is called That Girl, so it is, you know, her story. Um, and I think that a lot of the times building up a new sort of supporting cast is is difficult because, you know, you, you want the person that's, you know, the, the title of the book to be the star, but you also want to make sure that they aren't just, you know, this bland person with no friends, no family. Um, but at the same time, you don't want to get bogged down with, you know, just these huge conversations between you and your roommate or you and your dad, you know. Um, I, I kind of feel like the stuff with, with Jim is on purpose, that there's sort of a, a distance there with them at the moment because of uh, what had happened to her and how they're almost not talking about it, you know, like it'll be mentioned but not, and I think that is maybe... Uh, part of that um i will say that i am i am also looking forward to more with james gordon jr but that could be because of what i've uh seen done with him in the last like oh, year or two you yeah. know and we yeah. obviously don't know how close they're going to stick with that you know in the new 52 um but that was a very 
compelling story, you know, uh, with him. So uh, that'll be definitely interesting to see how how Gale deals with that. I think James Gordon Jr., out of all the supporting characters in the book, with the exception of, of Commissioner Gordon, who is not just a supporting character in that book, of course, I think he's by far the most interesting. And I really don't think, I mean, McKenna and Alyssa are just kind of like, like, I hate it, like window dressing. Like, okay, she has to have a roommate. We get it. She's there. There's a cop she works with. Okay, we get it. She's there, you know. Um, but James Gordon Jr. is the only one that has any, when, when he shows up on a page, I'm all of a sudden interested. You know, if I flip the page and Alyssa's on the page, I'm reading you flip the page and, and James Gordon Jr. is there, you're invested. You want to know what's going on with the character. So right. I like that part. Uh, yeah, I kind of feel that uh, Detective McKenna, yes, she's like, there's no point to having her. But it's like, I kind of feel like she's the craptastic substitute for Renee Montoya. It's like, I would prefer yeah. Montoya to Agreed. be here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like, why is she here? It's like, you just turned her straight and she's just stupid but you know i prefer montoya to be here most of the time and it's like well montoya is supposed to quote unquote be killed yeah. off but um that's crap um that's um but um you know they're just elements for her character and mckenna has given her very little growth as a character except for like well i see a face of a hero it's like that is crap <laughs> she's the ultimate two-dimensional character in my opinion she's <laughs> she's she's fine we know why she's there. We know what she does, but she never she doesn't add anything to the book as a character. She's simply a, a place filler. Okay, here is our token cop. I mean, I hate to say it like that, yeah, but yeah. that's the way I feel about the character. You know, I agree that she's the the token cop. Uh, I think that they feel like they need um, a connection to GCPD, and we sort of had that in the previous Batgirl run with Steph, and then you had Detective Nick, and I think Nick was the the fun way to do it and the right way to do it. So McKenna has potential. I just don't think that she's there yet uh, yeah very true you're more positive about her than we are <laughs> well i mean well at least she's got some sort of backstory going on with with nightfall we sort of saw that but that's not really revealed yet so it there is some potential but jill i think i may have cut you off when i started talking oh yeah no i was just saying i was gonna uh, change over to lucy again um i feel like as as much as she's not doing anything right now i feel like she has that perfect character character potential to be the uh evil villain at some point mm. you know that she's sort of you know behind the scenes doing something that we don't know yet wow. um i mean you know that could be totally off base but I, I feel like if barbara is trusting someone on some extent then they'll probably wind up screwing her over <laughs> yeah no that's true and <laughs> maybe we could get excited about her if that were true yeah. Well, was uh, I? I would love to see the plot behind that. Like, you left me as a roommate. Now you must die. Oh my! <laughs> you didn't. You didn't pay your half the electric bill. You're going down. Oh, you know, there you go. Interesting. Oh, well, now we've we've turned. This is all segueing very nicely without me even directing it. Uh, but, yeah, the villains. Uh, we've had quite a cast of villains. We've had Mirror, which was our first person. Gretel grotesque and then we've had nightfall and the disgrace and of course you can add in james again if you so desire but what are your thoughts on these villains have they been good introductions have you cared about them do they have lasting qualities um as for mirror i loved him as soon as he started and he was a, a character pre-52 you know and it was like kind of cool to see him back again you know, he, of, of all the character of all the villains, I liked him the most, you know, and the second behind him is Nightfall, but Mirror, you know, had that survivor's guilt kind of thing going on, and it just related so much to 
uh, Babs, you know, and it really like puts you on like kind of in a loop with her. Like, okay, is she going to get through this guy? And even though it was like literal metaphors being thrown at you, you, you kind of want to appreciate it. Cause it's like, you saw her grow as become Batgirl again. Cause she was trying so hard to be it. And it's like, I'm trying to find my way through all through, you know, fighting and falling and busting my head against windows and, you know, I liked him the most. I mean, I, you know, he had a very lasting quality with me, you know. Uh, dang. <laughs> I don't think there's anything much for me to say about him right now. It's, I, it's interesting I, you say that because I, I, I feel like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, it's been a while, you know, since I read the, the first few issues. So uh, my, my answer was going to be, you know, Nightfall. But you just talking about Mir for, you know, a bit there reminded me how much I did like him uh, in the first place. I think I'm more focused on Nightfall now just because it's the most recent thing in, in my mind, my memory. But, yeah, I did think Nightfall was, was great and that whole group of, of uh, people was, was really interesting. Um, but, yeah, Mir was, I think, a good way to start it. And like you said, being sort of literal about everything kind of helped jumpstart, you know, everything again. Cool. I agree, too, and I think both, both Mir and Gretel, in a way, are showing us opposite sides of the coin when it comes to Batgirl. Mir's got survivor's guilt, and he handled it one completely different way, you know, as, as Batgirl did. And then Gretel, I think, is, is, is kind of similar to Mir in the character who is a quote-unquote Mir. Gretel is injured very badly, just like, like Barbara was, and her bounce back from her injury is significantly different than the way Barbara handled it. So I think it was supposed to show us that, you know, it wasn't just the things that happened to Barbara with the survivor's guilt, with being injured that made her who she is. It's the way that she as a person handled it. The strength mm-hmm. of her character made her into a positive when it could make other people so negative. And then that was like just being thrown at you in the first few issues. Yeah, I mean, just like down the throat. You know, I mean... It was like, this, this is how she's supposed to feel! Do you get it? So you like to, to yeah. view these villains as sort of a way to filter Batgirl, or at least to see her through them is that how you view them yeah yeah i I do yeah i think that that kind of goes for for a lot of the heroes you know when you have i'm even in even just the the basic batman joker relationship you know how you how you take how they're they're basically both you know out of their minds but one person took it to one you know place and one person took it to another and it's that sort of you know reflection of of the aspects of the hero's personality and how they choose to overcome things or choose the the light side of of the coin and I, and then when it comes to nightfall I, nightfall is is not my favorite villain because I, th- I think mir is but i think nightfall is probably the night the villain out of the ones we've got that has the most quote-unquote staying power yeah i yeah. could see i could see her being around for however long this this run goes because she seems to have a, a, a much more involved backstory. There's the connection to crazy brother, you know, and, yeah. and I, I, I see a lot more where that character can, you know, really become, and maybe, you know, I might be totally wrong here, but I think maybe we saw the, the stories of nightfalls quote unquote, maybe henchmen before the introduction of the main villain in nightfall because she mm-hmm. breaks them out of jail. And now they're working for her. So we may have got three, you know, these are the Lieutenant stories. And then we get the big bads quote unquote yeah. stories. quite kind of the way I'm saying yeah, you know, the, the one thing I didn't like about Nightfall, and I did love the character because uh, two reasons. Uh, the fact that she looked great on, pap- on paper and, you know, Brett Booth drew her and had the inspiration to draw her. And 
the one thing I, I didn't really like, she didn't interact with Batgirl so much. Like, she didn't fight her. She was, like, more so monologuing in the back in the shadows, like, and her goons just kind of, you know, fought her. And then whereas the other characters, you know, Mirror, Gretel, you know, bit of a grotesque, kind of had, like, interaction with her and, you know, fought her. And all Nightfall kind of did was just stab her, like, I got you. Ah, you, know. you know, I did, like, Nightfall and the way she was presented, you know, with her backstory. It's just, I just wish there was more interaction. And I probably, what uh, Ed says, that she had a, she has a lasting quality. So there's something big, you know, that's going to happen after death of the family, which is like, damn, <laughs> you know, because you have to wait so long to get to her character. Yeah. And I, I hope she does come back though. And I think that's one thing you get about the, the waiting on the characters. This is, we've had a lot of interruptions in this run. We've had the zero issue, which just stopped everything. And then we yeah. had, you know, the court of the owls, which kind of stopped everything. <laughs> and now we've got death of the family, which stops everything again. <laughs> so yeah. it's been, it's been, very like you kind of get into it and then we got an owl and then you get back into it and we get an origin story and then you get back into it and we get the jokers back you know so it's been a very interrupted run yeah and then there's and then there's the annual which is <laughs> what's what's not speak of that yeah. uh <laughs> so these villains i think with the exception of grotesque which really we know zero about anyways uh you know they've had some sort of tragic event in their past that somehow made them who they are do you think, and this happened each time, do you think this sort of got repetitive for you, or does it fit the book? You kind of rolled with it, and you thought, well, that works for the character. What are your thoughts on that? I think that's par for the course, you know, just in comics in general, you know? I mean, there's there's very few villains who, you know, have zero reason for doing what they're doing. I think with um, these villains is that, you know, the great thing about having a hero is, you know, villains who compliment them, you know, emotionally, physically, um, mentally. And I think for Batgirl right now, they're trying to create uh, continuity for her in the new 52s, you know, creating villains that would be long lasting, like, hey, they love Mirror, let's go use Mirror, you know, uh, th- uh, three months down the line again, because people love, love that. And, you know, just like how Batman has the Riddler, Joker, they're all compliments of him you know i'm i riddler i i'm not so smart you know riddler is joker um i'm i have lack of humor and you know i'm not as insane but the joker is you know and they're like these are different compliments of batgirl and i think you know what simone is trying to do is trying to create that for her and give her something to that's something for readers to really look forward to you know and you know, be something, you know, these villains, hopefully down the line, there'll be uh, names who just pop out of head, like, yeah, get Mirror, you know, or get Nightfall. She's like a real, real villain for Batgirl, you know. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think that what Simone used was kind of the, of the same formulaic approach that they used for the creation of some of the main Batman, just, just like she ended. I mean, you have just like their interpretations of different sides of Batman in a way. I think that these villains are interpretations of different possible outcomes with, with Batgirl. So I, I, I do like I didn't feel it was – there was some points where it's kind of a little a little repetitive, but I really enjoyed all of them, so must be repetitive in kind of a good way. <laughs> okay, so some general questions now about the Batgirl run. What is the most enjoyable aspect to you, and what is the least enjoyable aspect of this particular run? I'd say the most, the most enjoyable aspect for me has been her internal monologue and just the conversations that she has with her own self, you know, whether it's what, uh, you know, like the really tough ones, like, oh, God, I'm having a really hard time with this, you know, specific fight because I'm not quite there yet, or just, you know, 
the, the really fun, you know, personality aspect of it, I guess, is what I'm saying. Least enjoyable? Um, I think, and this, this may just be, you know, because of my own personal things, but uh, just that we haven't seen enough or, or read enough about her, her injury and recovery. Mm-hmm. Because while that has been touched upon, you know, uh, a bit here and there, it's still been left mostly, you know, the actual, you know, this is what happened, you know, that's been left out so far. Yeah. Oh, I 100% agree with you. I think that we do need to explore that more. And I think her being Oracle is a question that (laughs) hopefully is answered at some point. Right, right. Uh, I guess my favorite part of the overall story of the title is the fact that get to see a hero who is whose quote timing isn't quite on yet you know she's she's still growing back into being that girl and i think it's nice to see a hero that isn't on the ball every time which can't you know which is physical limitations mentally you know like in the first issue when, when the gun gets drawn and she kind of freezes up, up. I, it's kind of a, a i know that sounds strange we're talking about a superhero but it's a superhero that seems to be a little more realistic after going through this type of trauma. She's really having some problems getting back into the whole role of being bad girl. And I think that that would be normal for someone that was out of a role like that with that kind of injury that there would be a, to me, it would be strange if all of a sudden she came back as bad girl. And from day one, she was at the top of her game again. So I kind of like seeing her grow back into, you know, in in the latest issue, she's much more physical and she's much more on top of her game. And I kind of enjoyed seeing her kind of, grow back into into being bad girl as we know it and and again like you guys hit on i i think that it's kind of silly that we haven't wrapped up how she got you know in how she got healed from her injury i thought that would be the zero issue to be quite honest with you but wasn't right. so we can but so I, I think that that is one where it's just okay we, we reference it almost every issue let's just do it let's just find out what happened so we can move on <laughs> um I'll go with the least, my least favorite about, you know, I, I agree with you guys, the voiceover narrations is a killer and um, among other things, you know, the thing for me that kind of ticks me off is, but it's like, this is the revamp. And I kind of felt that maybe she might come back as, you know, as she is seen in the comic book, she's a bit preppy and, you know, got has skirts on. She kind of looks, you know, um, pretty much like a regular normal person i kind of felt that maybe they would have changed her up by making her look more of today's time and uh you know i kind of feel like it's a bit cookie cutter uh for some of the things that she does and you know gail simone i guess wants to pay a huge tribute to how batgirl was perceived before the new 52s you know not change her so much drastically where she takes away all the old readers or or fans of you know barbara gordon um but, you know, my favorite is just like what Ed said, you know, I love the fact she's more physical than mental because I always felt that, you know, she was more of the intel girl, go-to girl. And every time she gets beaten down, she kind of kind of stays down a bit um, from my memory. Um, but, you know, she's getting to the point where she's getting angrier. And there's for some reason, I feel like Simone is finding her own with Batgirl a little bit and just she's letting the badass part of her come out. Uh, if you saw an issue, I think it was 14, she held a gun to the guy's head and I was like, oh my God, pull the trigger. Because um, I really wanted her to like really trend, kind of like walk the dark side a little bit, like, you know, be a little bit more of an antihero, but that's not how Barbara is. So, but I, I do like the fact that, you know, she's more physical and there's some part of her that's becoming more badass. It's like, you know, um, when she gets beaten down, she comes back with full fledged force. And for some people that's like, you know, 
the you know how did he, how does she find that energy like isn't she like totally totally down you know finding that energy in her to really fight back is really you know inspiring and very admirable i believe well i've got two things one's from something ed said and one uh just from what you said christina so First, from Ed, you said uh, about the PTSD, you know, when she first saw that gun, she sort of froze. Do you find it inconsistent that later on when she, you know, sees guns, all of a sudden she's fine? Like she got over that rather quickly. It was just that one gun and then she got it out of her system and now she's back to normal. And my second one from Christina just talking about, you know, uh, being shown as like this badass chick. Do you what do you think about the times when she's beaten up pretty easily? Like Batwoman was the most recent one that comes to mind. Uh, she makes sort of these errors in judgment, like turning her back, and then she's stabbed from behind. But then all of a sudden, uh, her first time in the cow in Batgirl number zero, she's able to take out that really huge guy, and then she was able to to beat down. Nightfall when she's injured with a knife wound. So, do you find these inconsistencies, or h- how do you view those? I, I think it's the continuation of seeing her grow, grow back into the character of Batgirl. I think by the time we get to Nightfall, which you know, I don't sure about how the timeline works exactly, but you know, we're probably several months at least down the line. I think she's grown back into being Batgirl a little bit. I, I think that. I would have liked a little more exposition about her getting over the gun and maybe a little more self-reflection about it. There was some in the book. Uh, I think it was a little rushed, but I think a lot of time in indie comics with, with limited page counts and limited amount of issues, things have to be rushed on a little bit. I'd like liked a little more thought about it, but I don't find it inconsistent as much to maybe a little rushed, but I think it's just the evolution of her growing back into the role as Batgirl. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. You know, my thing with, I think with a whole two, I think it was a two issue with Batwoman, you know, you see both of them fight each other, and I was kind of like rooting for um, Batgirl to really beat Batwoman's Batwoman's ass. Um, the whole thing with you know, like Ed said, it is rushed, but you know, it, it's growth for her, and just seeing her turn herself from this good little chick, like she's, I think for Batgirl, she's understanding that not everything is so. You gotta do justice. You gotta do right. You gotta do it by the book. She's more like saying, "I have to do it based on judgment." And for me, Batgirl's always been the person who's like, "By the book," just like her father. You gotta do it by the book. This and that. But there's points where there are great, great areas. So um, the whole thing, kind of with Batwoman, is Batwoman is not by the book. She's kind of like by instinct, and she's a Byronic character in which she's uh, a hero, but she does things differently. And I think Barbara. Um, Barbara's Batgirl saw that and she's now towing that line just like how Batwoman is and Batwoman is her own hero she's away from the family and Batgirl kind of did that too she's like I want no help not from Batman not from Nightwing none of you I'm on my own let me do this and she's finding herself as a vigilante you know and she's relying on you know you know she's weighing the balance beam of what's you know, justice and what's right. And for her, that's a huge step in my, uh, in my, um, in my opinion. And, you know, the whole thing with her getting stabbed by nightfall, that was just a huge error because she was blinded by fury and blinded by, you know, what's, you know, what's right and what was in front of her, you know, and it kind of shows that, you know, she wasn't thinking, you know, for the first time, like for, 
most of the issues she's she's not really thinking she's more of like going based on instincts and she's now realizing she has to start cal- be calculated but also go by instinct so huge growth for the character i believe um yeah okay are we better thinking that babs was never oracle or should we believe that she was oracle at one time do either really impact our view of the current character um well i i would say let's well let's put it this way before I knew exactly what they were going to do with Batgirl. I was of the mind that it it would have been better if she was never Oracle. But now that we have found out that she, you know, did have the injury, I, 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 I want her to have been Oracle, but I just don't think that it makes sense in this particular timeline and story because I don't think that after doing what she did as Oracle, or at least what she did in the past as Oracle that we know, I don't think that she could have stepped back into this life as she has in this book. I think if she was Oracle, she would be mixing what she did as Oracle with what she did as Batgirl. And I don't think we've seen any of that. I think it's just been straight back to Batgirl business. So... And in, in in this case, I guess I'm I guess I'm saying that I, I guess she shouldn't have been Oracle at all in this timeline, just because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think there's pretty good. I, I was kind of on the fence about this until 13, and I think there's pretty good evidence that she isn't Oracle. When there's that whole speech at the end from Nightfall where she says, you know, I can't remember the exact words, but. I, I, I've got servers and databases, and I, I can control the information. And Batgirl response is, well, then I'll learn to beat those two. Not – if she had been Oracle, I don't think her response would have been, I'll learn to beat those two. If that make, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If someone was threatening Oracle with, I'm going to use a server against you, she'd be like, yeah, come on, get real, get out of here. You know? So I think that directly speaks to the fact that she's, she's not Oracle you know, or hasn't been in this, in this continuity. Yeah. You know, her, if she was Oracle, that would mean there's a huge history behind her with Black Canary and with other, you know, members of the birds. And that's something that they really didn't want to do. They just want to start fresh and new. But um, I kind of, I'll be the one (laughs) who will say it. I kind of want her to be Oracle because it's like, I want to see that transition where, you know, uh, and I think for most of us wanted to see that, that transition where it's like, I'm learning how to walk. I'm learning how to do this. I'm learning how to do that. And as Oracle, she was one, she used most of her mind. And for girls, that's like, their biggest tool to use sometimes in the world and two you know the whole ethics thing where it's like you have a character who has a disability you know which was really great for you know people who were in wheelchairs and you know um also diversity so i really you know i kind of wanted to see that like she had a time where she was oracle because it was a time for her to grow mentally instead of physically as a character but um you know it would have been too much for uh, DC to pull, but it would have been nice. <laughs> the the first several issues, um, and really parts of all the arcs have dealt with the fallout from the, the killing joke, so do you think this has helped or has harmed the character in, the, in light of the fact that we don't know if she was Oracle or not? Because that was sort of the catalyst to make her Oracle in a way. Um, so do you think that this is a bad thing to have? Including the killing joke, you mean? Yeah, constantly sort of referencing it. Right. Yeah, it's 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 hard because she, if this happened to her, like like we've sort of said, like that she's not the kind of person who would have just sat there and and moped 
you know, like she would have done something. So, you know, I mean, maybe she found some other way to channel, you know, what happened to her. But I, I do think it's kind of if she was never Oracle in this uh, timeline, I, I think it is kind of odd for the killing joke to have just happened and then have her be healed and get back to work. You know, like, uh, I feel like we need to see that that time. Like, I feel like we need an entire arc to see that time at least, you know. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and there's no doubt that they've kept the killing joke part of continuity as it is referred to almost in every single, you know, <laughs> sing, single episode that we have. I mean, I half expect to open up issue number zero and just say, see, see killing joke. <laughs> you know, because I mean, it's, it's basically it's 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 almost like required reading. Like they should have reprinted as, as as part of the issues as a backstory or something. Um, in my personal opinion, since the timeline has been compressed so much, I agree. I wish she had more, but I just don't think that she was. Um, so I kind of think that where she put her effort and drive into becoming Oracle in, in the old continuity, I, I think that maybe what we'll have in the new continuity is she put all that effort and all that drive and all that determination into healing herself and becoming Batgirl again, as opposed to acceptance. Originally, she accepted being handicapped and became Oracle. I think maybe in this version, a little different, she just became that much more determined to get back to being Batgirl. And I think that may be the difference in these two continuities. If they ever try to uh, talk, go back and talk about uh, the days when she, was, um, she wasn't able to walk, it would have been more of an obsession for her to try to walk again and say, I'm going to do it! And uh, you know, you know the the thing is, yeah, I feel like kind of does hurt her hurt her in a bit because for those who do know the storyline uh, behind her, it's like yeah, she was Oracle. Like what happened to that? And people did like her as Oracle, and I kind of felt that as Oracle, she had her own personality and her own uh, heroism. You know, it was like she took on a different person, um, not Batgirl, but as a different uh, hero. And I kind of feel that nowadays, since she's 22, she shouldn't be Batgirl, but she should be a different hero, a grown-up hero, in, in a sense. <laughs> and uh, I think Oracle was her grow up, her grow, growing up stage where she became an adult um, mentally. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And something that I think is really lacking from not having her as Oracle uh, is the fact that she was such a mentor to you know, the Batgirls that took on the cowl after her, uh, mm-hmm. Steph and Cass. And of course, you don't know where they are placed in this timeline as well. But I think that that was such a great motherly role that she took on and really helped them. And, and I'm sorry that we don't get to see that or we don't know about it. So, Yeah, it was- as much as I like this book and, and how it's been going, and it definitely is better than I was expecting it to be just because I was so against the change, you know, to begin with. I feel like, you know, as much as we gain some things from Barbara being, you know, the old Batgirl, I think we lose a lot more um, Mm -hmm. from what she gave to the DC Universe when she was Oracle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, as for, uh, you know, I'm I'm absolutely positive that this book will do Barbara Gordon some justice. But, um, you know, that time as Oracle is, you know, is very dear to me because it, like you said, it helped create stephanie brown cassandra kane and cassandra kane is like one of my favorite characters and you know it's kind of difficult to see barbara sometimes like she's at that stage where she's you know she's getting out of being a girl but doesn't know how to be a woman and you know this is from what i've been seeing and she's learning how to be 
you know, trying to be Batgirl, but at the same time growing into her own, you know, um, kind of her own hero title. And um, whereas Oracle kind of, you know, solidify, like, this is who I am, this is what I'm going to do, and this is how I'm going to go about it. You know, there's, you know, nowadays she has uncertainty. And I think for me, it's, you know, it's helping me see her in a different light. Plus, I think the Bat universe misses the character of Oracle. You know, yeah. she was an important character. She she filled a very unique role, mm-hmm. you know, in continuity. She was important. She was the, the centerpiece, technical, you know, and, and I think that we're missing that character as a whole. So I, I miss that character in a way mm-hmm. just because she had such a unique role. Jill, do you need to? I do. Yeah. Okay. I think that um, was a good place to stop, though. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. I really thank appreciate you. it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And thanks for chatting, guys. Thanks. And Bye, I will Jill. talk to you later. Bye. Yeah, take care. Bye. Okay. There is one more Oracle question, so I guess we'll go on from there. Okay. Uh, when the news broke that Babs would be Batgirl again, many mourned the loss of Oracle, I think. Uh, has this current run justified you to Barbara taking up the Batgirl mantle again? If so, what about Babs as Batgirl specifically puts her over as a character rather than Babs as Oracle? But if not, does this differ from past Babs as Batgirl stories? Or is this just an inherent issue with Babs as Batgirl in general? Mm. I know that's a lot to, to digest there. Yes, my stomach is grumbling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if, if it really changes a whole lot. And I don't know if it was a justification to... I mean, I think that the... And I hate to, 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 to break it down like this. I think that the... The whole justification for putting her back in the costume was to sell more issues. Yeah. And whatever they felt like, the, the rest of it, they would, quote, unquote, they'll just figure it out later. But that being said, I, I do think it's great to have her, her back in the cow. And I do think that there is, you know, with the mystery of the, the missing time and, and was there ever an oracle, I, I think it adds some backstory to the character or some mystery. At least backstory might be the, the wrong way to put it. But, you know, add some mystery to the character. So I, I am glad that she is, you know, back in as, as the central character. You know, like uh, Ed said, one of the things when I heard that Batgirl was back and I was like, she dons the cowl again. Yay. Um, you know, that's what excited me. And, um, you know, as a, you know, for new readers, uh, the whole idea of like there was an Oracle or she was Oracle. It's like, really? She was handicapped. Oh, okay. That's cool. Mm. <laughs> it's like I'd rather see her fight and run nowadays, you know, for, for new readers. Um, and they never, I mean, I really can't see that she's been Oracle because they've never brought it up. And not just in that book. Nobody's ever brought it up. You know, I mean, true. when she meets Nightwing, he's like, hey, it's great. You can walk again. Who's going to help me out in the computer now that you're gone? <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, there's never even like a, a, a passing reference to it. It's just like, I, you know, it's, I would be, to me at this point, I would actually be, if they went back and said, you know, next issue comes out, the Joker's there, and she says, well, you know, you shot me and I was paralyzed, but I did good as Oracle, I'd be like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense, you know? So, yeah, to me, I think it's, it's there's no way she she could be Oracle. It just, I mean, I, somebody would have said something by now. It's almost like guilty by, by omission, you know, like, nobody's brought it up, can't be true. And if now they went back and said it was true, then I would be totally confused. <laughs> I might be totally confused already. Yeah, well, the timeline is somewhat confusing in all honesty. So who knows? Who knows if there was time for her to be Oracle or not? Yeah, because, I mean, what is the timeline exactly? I mean, I I certainly can't pin it down. I mean, is is it five years, six, four, three, two? I mean, 
I'm just confused. It, it sounds awful because it sounds like I'm, I'm like ranting against the book, but sometimes I, I get genuine. I get genuinely. I, I read it and I go, well, wait, how long did this take? You know. Yeah. I think the general timeline is five years, uh, but some things have happened before that five-year period. But the the person that's best to talk to that I know is uh, Dustin from the Batman universe because he sort of has been thinking this out and like literally has some stuff written down about when things take place. But it really blows my mind that I, I just have no idea what's going on. I don't know, Christina, if you have any thoughts on what's going on in the timeline. Uh, I cry every time I, t- I think about the timeline because <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like conspiracy theories. Like, this is what happened. No, it's over here. Somebody did something here and I can't remember what. I would think Dustin probably has a huge wall dedicated to the New 52's timeline because that's just, a, that's true. that's dedication. <laughs> with um, lines with strings and everywhere oh, connected. I, 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 I think him bars. Out, of, out of like, what was that, that TV show Heroes when the guy's like on all the different timelines connected with string. I see Dustin in a room with just like <laughs> string running down the hall through the roof through oh the window and, you know just yeah. and then just at the end of it goes still doesn't make any sense you know <laughs> so, yeah, being locked oh, in a room for days uh, and peeing in jars uh, uh, <laughs> yeah i could definitely see that yeah yeah <laughs> just peanut butter sandwiches and string that's it you know oh, i'm totally confused. i mean i'm Totally. I enjoy it. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I mean, I I honestly don't know if the creators know what's going on. I, I think that it's like a day-to-day basis. Maybe the bat office, to a certain extent, knows. But I feel like maybe Scott Snyder is like the one person that would be able to nail it down for you. But anyone sort of uh, beneath him on the Batman totem pole are probably just getting orders from higher up. So, I, 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 yeah. I think and I wonder, editor, too. I'm yeah. sorry. I, no, I just think the editors are kind of like saying... It's like this is what you have. Yes, go with it. Be Godspeed, be woman God. Go. <laughs> um, I think it's the editor's fault. They're not keeping up with each yeah. other, you know. And that's that's heartbreaking because it's like you know you, especially if you're sitting down and reading all these Batman comics, like well that doesn't make sense. How how does this happen? No, no, no. Okay, it's like forget it. Throw the book down. Just cry in the corner. Ooh. <laughs> well, it, um, it, it, yeah. It, and that's why I really think Simone has done a really good job because she would not have been the one that came up with the quote-unquote five-year time span. They probably said, would you, you like to write Batgirl? She said, that would be great. And they go, oh, by the way, <laughs> Barbara Gordon has to be Batgirl again, and you've got to fit everything into five years. Go to it. I mean, that's probably similar to what, I mean, she didn't get to make the decision on, we're only going to have five years for, for Bat continuity. So, I mean, if you think about it, it would be a difficult task, which is why I think I do enjoy the book so much from a writing standpoint of, you have a character, she has has to become the main character again. You've got to fit her whole costumed life into five years, including being shot, paralyzed, and coming back. I mean, that's a, that would be a difficult task to try yeah. to accomplish, to be honest, you know? Mm-hmm. So it, that's one of the reasons I like the book so much. You know, the the, the thing that I, I don't know, I, you know, there sometimes there are points where it's like, it's kind of crazy the way Simone kind of writes the issues and, you know, uh, she does have some continuity problems in there, you know, along with other books like Batwoman or, you know, Nightwing and so on and forth. And um, I try not to think about it. I just kind of like say to myself, close my eyes and just say, OK, this doesn't exist. Keep reading because there, there's there's a lot of lot of problems and sometimes in the issues. And, you know, I think, you know, the way you need to read these books, um, well, the issues for one is don't think about the plot. Don't think about what the other books are doing. Think about the character and don't care about any other character except Barbara. That's the only way I've been able to kind of say I'm a pro for this book because mm-hmm. I'm only thinking about her. 
no one else. Everyone else is just a factor. <laughs> yeah, for, for me, it's very similar. I, I just have the three characters in the book that I honestly care about. Barbara, Jim, and Jim Jr. I mean, those three characters have me. And, and some of the villains I, I, I like. But when it comes to the, the heroic side, well, Jim Jr. is not. But maybe a supporting cast side. Those three I really enjoy. Anytime they're in the book or any combination of them together works. The supporting cast is, is window dressing. Um, but I think when they talk about the continuity issues, that's a problem almost every book since the relaunch has had, you know? Yeah. I mean, when, when you start fiddling on, on the level of fiddling that they did, which is debatable, which they should have or shouldn't have, but the, since they did it, you know, um, when you start fiddling like that, I think you're bound to have mistakes. And I think you just have to kind of, you know, just close your eyes and turn the page sometimes. Yeah, Christina, so you brought up a good point about sort of um, putting on blinders, I guess yeah. we could describe it. Just like focus on baths and, you know, you can enjoy the book. And a problem I've had is that I've been really sort of comparing this Batgirl with the Batgirl that we've known in pre-52. And I think that's where my issue is coming. So I attempt to put on blinders in and just focus and say, this is post-Flashpoint. This is new 52 Babs. It's mm-hmm. a different Babs, that kind of thing. Um, it, it's still hard for me, uh, but I am trying, and I do, you know, try to pull out pros. But I'm glad to hear that someone else sort of has a similar viewpoint, and you're shielding yourself from outside things sort of lurking in. <laughs> you have to, because if you didn't, you just go up a wall just saying, like, this is all wrong, I'm going to drop the book. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think maybe a couple of times I've actually said, said it to myself. I'm like, it's going to get better, it's going to get better. She's There's a point to Gail Simone, and that's just the way Simone is. You know, she's a character-driven writer. She's not a plot person, you know. Um, even when she did Secret Six, you know, she had a bunch of characters that she play with them as best you know as much as she could because she had so much fun and you know same thing with Barbara I just kind of feel that sometimes you know whatever Barbara says whether it's you know internal monologuing or what you know when she's actually speaking I kind of feel that you know Simone is just you know doing cookie cutters where she's like I'm gonna go back to Barbara how she was pre-52 and kind of put it you know now and you know it kind of pisses me off because it's like we're in today's time. It's like, I want to see a Barbara Gordon up now. You know, I want to get my own Batgirl year one again. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, you know, not Batgirl year one, but Batgirl Earth one, Earth two, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And, you know, truth be told, and probably people won't agree with me, I kind of want Barbara to be like girl with a dragon tattoo with like tattoos on and black shirts and, or, you know, be that real hacker chick that she kind of was in, in year one a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to see that more of her because that's something that I, you know, it's it's up today's time. And I wish that Simone would actually play that up a bit. I mean, that's just my personal thing. It's, to me, it's a lot of nostalgia, too, because I'm sure we all read comics and we think, well, I'd really like to see this happen. Well, since I started with the character of Barbara in The Killing Joke, I didn't get to see a whole lot of her in costume <laughs> over the years, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So to me, I always – and this is why I think this this – this title has been so good for me personally is I always wanted to see, and I had, I don't hate Stephanie or Cassandra. I like those characters and I miss those characters. Uh, and I hope we get to see him again. But to me, I always wanted to see a bad girl with Barbara back in the, you know, in, 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 in not in a flashback story, not year one's great, but in, in a modern regular yeah. continuity with the rest of the characters with, with, with Tim and with, with Dick and with Red Hood, Jason, I wanted to see with, with the modern Bat family as Batgirl. So I guess for me, it was kind of like on my comic bucket list. And when it happened, I was looking forward to it so much and have enjoyed it so much that I've kind of just 
you know, close my eyes to other stuff. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Not a great excuse. But <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we don't really know, I think, the full back history um, or backstory of the character. But do you think we've gotten enough t- uh, history to really appreciate this character? No, I don't think so. I, I really don't think so. I mean, for new readers, this is like the Bible to them. But I think for you know fans who are, who are fans of you know background in general, be it from Batman anime series or the comic books. I don't think we've gotten enough. I, I think we're just, you know, we're, we keep saying to Simone, like, give me more, give me more. We're sucking on her arms and her neck. Like, come on. <laughs> like, I know you got it in you. You did Secret Six. You did Birds of Prey. Come on. Yeah. I, I agree. And and I think, you know, something I said earlier, which was instantly rebuked and, and rightly so, because I was wrong, was talked about this great relationship between her and her father. Well, you know, I didn't really think about it, but if you just read Batgirl, the, the current Batgirl, you would have no idea about that because it's not – it isn't translated. And I, I think a lot of times, you know, I do it unintentionally, you kind of crutch or lean on what you know to be backstory right. that hasn't been yeah. implied in the New 52. And I think that maybe, you know, fans have been reading a long time. We bring that in and, and mentally kind of write our own backstory. Oh, well, yeah, but that's her dad, and we remember when her and Jim did this and her and Jim did that, and her, you know. So I think that if you're right, if you just read this title and had no prior exposure to the character, you would have some serious, you know, holes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to go way back, when you heard about this title coming in, Babs is going to be back girl again, what were you expecting when the My, first announcements came out? I, I was, ex- I think the first thing was like, I was super excited and I, what I was expecting, you know, I think I think we said this before her transition from the wheelchair to walking again mm-hmm. um you know and I I my own expectation was like hey maybe we're gonna get a different kind of background not the one we had before you know that was in uh a huge con you know Batman con Batman universe continuity um uh I I think you know uh, you know the expectation of the book was just super high I think that's why so many people went and followed it and also it's like Gail Simone was writing in it, so it's like, oh my gosh, she's doing it? Oh, remember Secret Six? That was badass. <laughs> and I think the expectation was super high at that point. I think it was it was super high for me, too. And just, you know, that's, you know, you, you got to take for what's given to you, you know. there's There will be another writer for Batgirl, but it's like, right now we got to take in Gail Simone. And she's doing, de- she's doing decent work, I like to say. In, in, in the same way, obviously, from my, my, my prior little little rant, I was super excited that she was – we're going to see Barbara in, in modern continuity. I really thought, obviously, very wrongly so, that, that the story would really probably – and I was convinced this. I had to bet you money on it – that the story was going to focus around her going from being Oracle back into being Batgirl, the whole – the healing, the training, whatever happened. So I really thought that that was going to be the central part of the story. Because, you know, and, and again, in my perspective, we've been reading the comics for a while. She's kind of got over what happened in The Killing Joke. She's moved on or had moved on, you know, into a new phase of her life. So I thought we'd be seeing her, you know, going back into being Batgirl and, and the grow up. So I totally misjudged where it was going from when I originally heard that Barbara was coming back in the book to do. Yeah, you mentioned Simone and how exciting it was to have her on the book. And certainly I, I think that when we heard that, there's probably no better author to 
right back girl because she has such an appreciation for Barbara Gordon. In my opinion, this is just my opinion, I think that Simone is a great writer, but I feel like something is missing uh, with this book. In your opinions, do you think that this is up to her normal stuff that we've seen on Birds of Prey, especially Volume 2, I would say, or Secret Six? It just seems like she's holding back slightly. And I don't know, my actual conspiracy theory is that she's sort of being held back by the limitations that are set by editors uh, and think that she just can't do everything. And there's a lot of pressure on her because this is Babs Gordon as Batgirl. Uh, but what are your, your thoughts on that, on Simone and her current writing? Definitely agree with that. I, I said this before with uh, my guides at Dark Knight News, um, and they verified it for me. Um, yeah, I think she's being held back by the editors, by DC, because, you know, she's come from Secret Six, and that was really badass. And she's come from Birds of Prey, and that was even you know, more badass is a group of women kicking ass while yeah. saying ass a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, that's the thing about Simone. You know, she she brings to the table, you know, characters who are really strong. You know, even the female characters in Secret Sex, you know, like Scavenge. No, Scan- S- Scandal Scavenge. Cause I'm- Scandal Savage? Scandal Savage was like, ultimately for me, it was like she was a really great character and, you know, um, the fact that, you know, she was gay and, you know, and other things, you know, she was, um, she had a heart of gold when it came to her girlfriend and, you know, Simone, um, and I was really expecting that from her. I was expecting, well, not the gay part, but I was expecting her to come up with, um, you know, something for me to munch on with Barbara Gore, like take away the good girl part and let's bring on the bad part, badass part. And, you know, she really is being held down. You know, I don't know if it's by her neck or by her body, but she's being held down. And I think she's not showing a lot of full potential. And I felt that Barbara Gore has been really cookie cutter at this point. I think that the Simone's writing has been, and, and something, you know, we hit on earlier. I think given the circumstances she was handed, and probably the extreme limitations that are that are put on her. I think that she is doing a very good job with the character. Um, she did a couple things that I thought were very good writing, which was not bringing her back immediately right on top of her game, easing her back into it, making her more human, making her make mistakes. Um, there are some things, obviously, I wish we had a little more backstory, and there's some things I don't like, but I think that the overall writing of her as a character – I, I do like, and I do like the way she's treating the character. Of course, there's some things I would change about it, but I do like what she's done with the character and bringing her along slowly, like someone in her position probably would. So, again, I think that it isn't her as a writer. We all know that Gail Simone can be, at times, one of the best writers in comics, I believe. But I think that there's just some limitations put on her, and I think that she is probably, underneath the circumstances, is doing incredibly well. And, you know, that girl isn't for it. You know, backgrounds for kids, for, you know, young girls, young boys, anyone who who's young. And, you know, you can't bring that to the table with, you know, some kids, um, I think. And I'm not trying to bring this up, but, um, you know, Batgirl A1, I felt that she was so much better with Catwoman than she was with Batgirl. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she needs to go there. <laughs> not the fact that she's not doing not the fact that she's doing bad with Batgirl, but it's like you feel sometimes when a writer is having a great time and you see it in the writing. And I think, you know, with Catwoman, she did swell um, with her. You know, I, I will love. I will give you that. Uh, I did not enjoy that annual. <laughs> it had so many problems. <laughs> but it was definitely the Talon and the Catwoman show. And uh, that would be, 
I think that'd be interesting to see Simone on Catwoman. Right now, I'm not enjoying the Catwoman book. Um, and I was thinking, well, maybe when uh, Nascenti comes on, like a female writing a female would be great. But I feel like it's, it's almost gotten worse in a way. Uh, it would be interesting to see Simone on there. Ed, what were you going to say? I was about to say, I would love to see Simone on the Catwoman book because, you know, you talk about, I mean, I know this isn't the, the Catwoman hour, but it's, it, it, I mean, that book is lost in space. And, yeah, thank you. Thank you, I mean, yes. Th- yes. That is like, yes. and, and I, it's a character I typically enjoy. And, okay, I get it. I'm a guy. She's hot. I got it, right? <laughs> but, I mean, I, I get it. But you don't have to shove it down. My, I get it, you know, yeah. just let it go. And and I, I think Simone, and, and it, I actually like the annual only from the perspective that it was the best Catwoman story we got in the New 52, in my oh. opinion. Oh, my God, yes. If you, yeah, if you frame it that way, I guess yeah. you're right. <laughs> I mean, that's why I enjoyed it. it was the be- Now, the, the, the alley thing was weird, no doubt, you know, but since someone who enjoys the Catwoman character, that was the best Catwoman story we got in the New 52, mm-hmm. and for that alone, I like it. I like the book. Yeah. So, not great for, you know, my bad girl part of it, but, yeah, that's why yeah. I like that book so much. Yeah, we'll definitely have to go into that more. But I, I definitely, yeah, we won't have to, we can't stay long on Catwoman. But I do have to say that I feel like the new 52 Catwoman, um, it is more about like the sexiness of the character. Uh, but what's great about Selena Kyle is just sort of this back and forth that she had with Batman. Um, just her being a strong female character, being really clever, being sort of this anti-hero. And we've sort of lost that. It's been a loss in translation. So I, I do hope we get that back. And I think... I think we saw that sort of classic Catwoman in Batgirl Annual. Uh, so thank you, Christina, for bringing that up because, you know, it's <laughs> a new shade of almost liking the annual, I guess. No, I, I actually don't. <laughs> I don't like the annual. I think it sucks. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there are some issues. Yeah, we're um, definitely going to discuss that, I think, uh, yeah. next week. Well, I think my last question that I would ask, you know, if, if a friend of yours wanted to try to read comics... What would you say to him or her in order to sway that person uh, to try this series? Because I assume you would ask them to try it. Yeah. Um, first, I would say that, you know, thanks. I've been trying to convince my friends for going on 15, 20 years, and I finally convinced them to read a comic, which is good, I guess, in this <laughs> theoretical scenario. Um, so I think congrats to myself for, for a lot of hard work to get them to read one. Um, you know, but I, I would have to say that, you know, if, if you're unburdened by backstory – that in which you know unburdened by expectations for the book it is a light read it's not over continuity heavy you know um and that it's it's a fun enjoyable story it's got some it's got some fun villains in it and it's got some some great one-liners some cool cool guest appearances from other you know and other characters in the dc universe and that overall it's just it's just a fun book which we need sometimes to convince to convince someone, um, I've been my younger cousin. She's 14, and she's been seeing me read comic books in front of her nowadays on my phone. <laughs> she kind of asked me, you know, what which book she would, you know, you know, um, recommend. And you know, I said, well, if you really want to see a, a female fighter, you know, do you, you know read Batgirl? And you know, she started reading it. Um, it, it, the one thing I probably say is, you know, for Batgirl, it's like if you want to see a female hero kick butt and definitely, you know, look good doing it, and you know she's part of something big like the Bat Bat family, you know, that's that's probably like my only my only um, advertisement for her at this point. Um, yeah, 
And, you know, it's done by and it's written by a female writer and, uh, you know, showing girls or, you know, young boys that, you know, female writers can do well <laughs> on uh, in a book, even though it's a comic book. So uh, I think I would suck at advertising at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's not going to be any copywriters come out of this group, no doubt about it. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I, I, I can't either. Sometimes it's like, I don't know, tell them to read it because it's good. It, yeah. Oh, that approach well, isn't working. No commission No commission for me. Yes. Yeah, I don't think DC is offering any commissions either. <gasps> yeah, so next week we're going to talk about basically the issues. Um, we can either tackle them, you know, per arc or just hit up whichever issues we so desire, but I can already tell that we're going to be talking about Batgirl Annual. <laughs> so that should be interesting. But we should that for last. Yeah. It's, it's, oh, it's, boy. It's the best Catwoman story out there. I mean, come on. You got to give it credit for that, you know? Yeah, you should get a commission for that from yeah, DC yes, right I, there. That, That'd be a great tagline. Batgirl Annual Number One, the best Catwoman story yet. <laughs> oh boy, it was such a pleasure though to get to talk to you, and you're both so well spoken. You've got great ideas, and it was just really enlightening to hear from uh, the pros, the people that are liking the book. Thank you. It was great Thanks. to talk to you. Yeah. Just plain Barbara Gordon, masquerading for a lark as she rides into the night on her special Batgirl cycle. Who knows? Is the dynamic duo destined to become the triumphant trio? Only time will tell us more about this dazzling dare doll. Ah, I love a happy ending, don't you?